In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the third Sunday of the blessed month of Paona. And today the gospel was from Matthew chapter 12. And as I mentioned to you in the previous weeks, the theme of this period is the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the church. And as we say on, as we saw on the day of Pentecost, the work of the Holy Spirit was to share the word of God with all people, regardless of race, culture, language, or physical health. And in the gospel of today, we see the word of God and the power of God manifested in healing a man who was blind, mute, and demon-possessed. Blind, mute, and demon-possessed. And the church fathers teach us that this man resembles the Gentiles. That this man resembles the Gentiles. Because if you think about the Gentiles, they did not see God. They were blind to the work of God. They did not talk about God, ever. They don't know anything about God. So they were mute to speaking good works and to prayer and to, and to knowing God. And they were under the control of the evil one. So they were demon-possessed. So the church fathers say that this man that was healed today is a symbol of the Gentiles. But the Lord in His mercy and in His perfect timing rescued this man And the Lord also rescued the Gentile nation, the Gentile nation. And that's why this gospel has sort of like a Pentecostal flavor to it, if you will. And that's why in the gospel, even of today, the Lord said, But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, so the Spirit of God was coming on them, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Doesn't that remind you of the Pentecost when the Spirit of God came upon the disciples? Interestingly though, when the Lord healed this man, it is written that the multitudes were amazed. Oh my, wow, astonishing. And they said, could this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees saw it, what was their reaction? They said, this fellow does not cast out demons, except by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. And why do you think the Pharisees had such a different response? One group is saying this is the son of David, and the other is saying this is Beelzebub. St. John Chrysostom has the answer to this question. He says that they did this because they were envious. Envious. And envy is such a terrible thing, and that's what I want to discuss with you today. Remember when the Lord Jesus Christ was standing before Pontius Pilate? You remember what Pontius Pilate said? He says they handed him over because of envy. Envy. That's why today we're going to speak about the sin of envy. The sin of envy. And according to St. John Chrysostom, the sin of envy is the like the worst sin. The worst sin. And I'll tell you why. I'll give you three reasons why envy or jealousy is the worst sin ever. Number one, envy is a sneaky sin. Sneaky. So sneaky. And often we mischaracterize this sin as not important. And when we think of the sins, like the big sins, we think, oh, like adultery, we think, and we forget about the sin of envy. 
And St. John considers envy to be worse than adultery and lust and everything. And I'll I'll show you why. Here's a quote from St. John. He says, And who doesn't know that envy is an evil thing? We all know that envy is bad. No one is ignorant of it. Yet, they do not consider it as bad as adultery or fornication. When at least did anyone condemn himself... Bitterly for having envied? Like, do you know someone, when they envied, they go and they cry and they, like, repent hard? He says, St. John says, I haven't seen that man. It doesn't exist. He says, but if someone fasts and someone gives a little money to the poor man, though he be envious to the thousandth degree, this man is the most envious person, he counts himself to do nothing wrong. He says, envy, that is so sneaky. Shushin's like... We don't even realize that we're envious people and we, we, we don't even, don't even realize. Number two, envy is such a bad sin. He says that this sin, envy, is a state of mind. He says other sins like adultery or lust or any other sin, they happen for a moment, then you recover, then it's like the wind, it comes, it goes. But he says envy, that's a state of mind. That's how, like, tabiato keda, like, envious person. And that's not good. And so here what St. John Chrysostom, he says, he says, such a thing is envy. No worse evil can exist. For the adulterer indeed enjoys some pleasure. The one who's committing adultery enjoys some pleasure, such as it is. In a short time accomplishes his a proper sin. But the envious man never ceases from his sin but is continually engaged in the commission thereof. That's the second reason envy is such a dangerous sin. The third reason that envy is the worst sin is because, as I said, it's a state of being. It transforms us to be like the evil one. It transforms us to be the evil one. Because the devil is the most envious. The devil is the most envious. Actually, from the beginning, he was an angel, became envy of, envious of the throne of God, and he fell from his rank as an angel. And then, when he became envious of mankind, what did he do? He came to the earth. And that's why in the liturgy we say, O God, the great, the eternal, who formed man in incorruption and death, which entered into the world through the and to Naimin today. Through the envy of the devil. Through the envy of the devil. So it's the envy of the devil that brought the fall of mankind. So as I was meditating on these reasons for envy, I want to discuss, or as I was meditating on how evil this envy is, I want to discuss some of the causes of envy and how we can overcome them. So let's talk about three causes of envy in our in our daily life. The common thread in envy is a dis- dissatisfaction with one's own image. We feel like inferior by maybe by someone's possession, maybe by someone's muscles, maybe by their looks, maybe by their qualities. We feel inferior when we see a good thing happen to someone else. So I'm going to discuss each one of these in a little bit more detail and their solution. The first one is, sometimes we, be, we become envious when we desire another person's objects. When we desire another person's objects, their material. 
I think oftentimes we are content with what we have. All of us, we're very content with what we have. But because we compare ourselves to someone else, we find ourselves lacking. And then the envy train starts to roll, starts to move. We say, oh, Shman Adi has a nice watch. Well, this one has a nice purse. And then, and then we see that, oh, this one has a nice house. And then, oh, but you're happy, into you're fine. And then the envious train starts to roll. You remember the story of Jacob and Laban, his, his father-in-law? What was it that made Jacob want to leave the house of his father-in-law? You remember? It was actually that Laban's sons started to become envious. They started to become very envious of Jacob. And his son started to say, Jacob has taken everything that belonged to our father. He got all his wealth from what our father owned. Now, do you really think that's an accurate picture of what was happening? In the, in, like, all the wealth was disappearing and it was going to Jacob and they were dying of hunger and thirst? Or was it that they started to compare, oh, Jacob's, Jacob's, like, herd is growing and our herd is not. And then they started to become envious. And then Jacob saw that Laban was starting to treat him differently. And then the Lord told him, you need to leave this place before something gets bad. Because where envy is, there comes division. Where envy exists, there comes the vision. And so the Lord told Jacob, you need to go. And that's why St. James in his, his epistle, he says, For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. So Jacob left his father's house. And when he left, the interesting thing is that when he left, guess what happened to the wealth of Laban? <laughs> What they said was going to happen came, it like happened. And St. John Chrysostom, he says something very beautiful. He says, the more you envy, the more you envy, the greater blessing that you are giving to the person that you envy. <laughs> the more you envy, the greater blessing you are giving to the person that you envy. And that's exactly what happened to Jacob. And then he gives many other examples. I could give you several other examples. Cain or Abel. When Cain was jealous, who got more blessing? Abel. And became like the Lord Jesus Christ said, the blood of the righteous, Abel. If you look at Joseph, his brothers were envious. Who got the blessing? Joseph. His other brothers kind of, they were dying of hunger. Left alone. But because, and, and Joseph got all the blessing, he became the second in, 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 in command in Egypt. And I could give you many other examples. The idea is that being envious will never fill, being envious will never fill your material greed. And that's why the, the Ten Commandments, the last of the Ten Commandments, is all about covetousness. Being, don't be envious. Don't be envious of your neighbor. Don't be envious of your neighbor's wife. Don't be, don't be envious of your neighbor's possessions. All of those things were to protect us from this great sin of envy. The solution to this, this materialism and this envy of materialism is to be thankful. Always to be thankful for what God has given us. And not to compare our possessions with anyone else. Everyone to be content and to be thankful for what the Lord has given him. Another source of envy is 
to desire the qualities of someone else. It comes when you are envious of the talents of someone else. You see someone very talented, someone so, and then you envy their, their talents. In the, in the Old Testament, Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, they started a rebellion against Moses. And they assembled a group of people to revolt and to start protesting. And it's important to note that Dathan and Abiram were not Levites. And they were protesting against Moses, saying, You have gone too far, Moses. You have gone way too far. All the members of the community belong to the Lord, and the Lord is with all of us. Why then, Moses, do you set yourself above the Lord's community? They were jealous of Moses' position among them. And Moses was not thrilled with this protest at all. And he replied to them, You Levites, into the ones that have gone too far. Into the ones that are stepping beyond your role. And he said, all the members, he said, He has let you all, and the other Levites have this honor. And now you are trying to get the priesthood too? When you complain against Aaron, it is really against the Lord that you and your followers are rebelling. The end of the story is that it didn't go so well for Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. And the earth swallowed them. But the idea that I want us to focus on here is the problem with Korah, Dathan, and Abiram is that they were not happy with the qualities that God had given them. And it reminded me of what St. Paul says. In his epistle to the Corinthians. He says, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body. This is exactly what Korah, Dathan, and Abiram did. They didn't realize that they were, they had a talent. They had their special place. But what they tried to do was extend their role because of their envy. This is exactly like a foot trying to become a hand. The foot is very nice. Khadik foot. If you are a foot, be happy to be a foot. If you are a hand, be happy to be a hand. And don't be envious of one another. This is the core of envy. Remember we said the core of envy is not knowing our self-image. The core of envy is not knowing our self-image. So the idea here is if you are the hand or the foot, be happy with what you are. The third source of envy is when we become displeased or... We become displeased about a desirable event of someone else. When we see something good happen to someone else, we get like upset. In modern terms, it would be like someone getting jealous when you hear your friend got into the school of their dreams. Or you hear that this person is getting married. Or you hear about this person got a good job. Or you hear about this person. These are all great events and you hear it and then inside you start to... How come Shmana, this person, and not me? And how come this? And how come this? Why? 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 In the gospel of today, the Pharisees were upset that a blind, mute, and demon-possessed person was healed. They should have been... I two guys in today. And I'm going to return all of you, and I'm going to get another group uh, that's more awake. So they... They should have been happy. Thank you, Peter. They should have been happy. 
They should have been happy that there's a one person demon possessed and all these, and then, but instead they were envious. They were upset. This reminded me of another rebellion that happened in the life of Moses. Actually, four chapters before the, the rebellion of Korah. And this rebellion that happened against Moses was more personal because it was his, his family. It was his family. Actually, Miriam and Aaron rebelled against Aaron, or against Moses, and said, why are you making yourself out to be this big person? And the interesting thing is that if you look at why they protested against Moses in that circumstance, it was because he married an Ethiopian. He married someone outside of the, like, the Jews. And everyone was, what are you doing, Moses? And the church fathers, they say that this Ethiopian woman is a symbol of the Gentiles. And how the Moses, as a representative of the law, married one from the Gentiles just as, as we said today, this man... The blind, the mute, and the demon possessed was a symbol of the Gentiles. You see the similarity between the two? And the Lord healed him. And so when they went to protest this marriage, I was thinking, why are they protesting? They should be happy. Moses had another, be happy for the guy. Who goes to a wedding and is disappointed that the, like, you ever go to a wedding? I can't believe this person's getting married. Why? supposed to be a moment of joy and happiness and and celebration but instead they because of their envy they used this opportunity for joy to be upset you remember when the pharisees started to really like solidify their plan against the lord jesus christ it was when the lord raised lazarus from the dead so the lord had done one of his most Profound miracles. And instead of everyone being so happy that one had risen from the dead, they started to plot against the Lord Jesus Christ, His death. This is against the tenets of our faith. In the Bible, in Romans chapter 12, it teaches us rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who... Weep. The envious person, he rejoices when other weeps, and he weeps when others rejoice. That's very dangerous, and that's very evil. That's the height of, that's why St. John says envy is the height of wickedness. Is that you could be rejoicing when others are weeping, and you weep when others rejoice. And unfortunately, too many times I see this among, like, in our community. Some person struggles, oh, it's okay, and then you, it's so wicked. Doesn't we have this idea that we rejoice with those who rejoice and we weep with those who weep? I, I pray that today we remove envy from our hearts. When we see the work of the Lord in our hearts, it's an opportunity to see the glory in the Spirit of God upon us. So I pray that we're always thankful. We're always thankful. Don't let materialism and comparing ourselves. Oh, this person makes this much per year. Oh, this person doesn't. Oh, this job makes this. Oh, this person. Be thankful for what you have. Be content with what you have. Number two. What was number two? No, 
Be comfortable with who you are. If you are a foot, be a foot. If you are a hand, be a hand. Don't forget your self-image. Have your self-image. Know what God has wants for you. And number three, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And oh, don't mix them up. And glory be to God forever. Amen.